So <laughs> did you get your shoes for your race, or did you just have he to run into all beaters? Yeah, I didn't have a race. He didn't have a race. Uh, I got gotcha. you. There was never a race. I knew better than that. I know him better than that. He ain't in no race. <laughs> yeah. I thought like, maybe somebody it was, chasing you. It was, unless, it was a walk. Maybe yeah. I thought maybe it was a fundraiser was for called, like his son or something. Yeah, it was called you know? racing it was not. my kids around the yard, and it was very important. I do it on the weekends. <laughs> College football. Here we are. Okay, shop talk is back. Couple days late. Long story. Why were we late? Oh yeah, yeah. I was uh, traveling back from uh, Rosemary Beach, so vacation. Could, couldn't do the. I couldn't do uh, podcast in the car, so. Anyway, here it is Thursday. Um, like I said, a couple days late. So what we'll try to do is make this episode a little shorter and a little more focused on what's coming up because, no, I mean, no one's really still talking about what happened on Saturday. But we'll do a quick rundown. So uh, the of the teams we follow, Tennessee was off. Nice bye week. Hopefully get, some, get healthy. I saw uh, Tillman was on the depth chart. This for this coming weekend, so that's that's a positive. Um, that doesn't mean he's gonna play, but yeah. Well, from what I understand, when they, they put out a new depth chart every week, yeah, and they don't put the guys who are injured on the depth chart. Okay, so it doesn't. You're right. It doesn't 100 percent mean he'll he's at least be play, dressed. But he wasn't on the depth chart for Florida. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He'll. Yeah. So. Um. He's he's definitely putting it out there, so they got to think about him. Yeah. They got they got a game plan for him, all that. Even yeah. if he doesn't take a snap. Um. So yeah, Tennessee was off. It wasn't a great slate of SEC games, but it was more entertaining than you thought it would be. Uh, for one, and this has nothing to do with how entertaining it was, but uh, Florida had to get their game pushed back from Saturday to Sunday, which made Sunday like perfect for me because essentially, I mean, I'm, I'm still at the beach, but essentially, you get eleven starting at eleven o'clock there, you get. My favorite team playing, and then, like I've said on here before, I watched more start to finish NFL games than even college, so it was, it was great. Like starting, you know, uh, at at eleven o'clock there, and then by the time floor, you know, two hours go by. By the time twelve o'clock rolls around, there NFL starting, and the Florida game is essentially over. Um, as far as the Florida game, it was, you know, kind of what you thought: fifty-two, seventeen. They. Obviously, you kind of name your score in those games. You you want to score a hundred, you could. You know, we took uh, Richardson out in five minutes ago in the third quarter. Thank God he went back in though, because I texted y'all. He had a, you know, he gets dinged up quite often, so one way or another. But this one looked like it was a little worse than normal. He came out. Um, Kitna came in for a couple plays. Actually, looked really good. Then they actually put Kitna in for the rest of the game. Five minutes to go through the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, what do you say about these type of games? Like, they did what they were supposed to do. I was finally able to watch a Florida game, like, stress-free Florida game. I feel like it's been a long time. Yeah. Because who did we almost lose to last year? Um, I mean, I know it wasn't – it's no one else's fault but Florida's. They had a chance to have a cupcake game versus South Florida and made it a, a ball game. Um, I think last year it was Sanford. We almost lost to Sanford. So, like, it's been a long time since we've been able to watch a stress-free Florida game. (laughs) That was cool. Uh, AR looked really good. Um, You know, the second game in a row, he's looked pretty good, so hopefully he's starting to get some confidence back. Um, Offense looked great. Defense started the game frustrating, but ended up getting, you know, getting on track. So, yeah, like I said, not much to – I'm not going to break down a game five days old um, that was a cupcake game, but – it's it's better it's better that it was this way than close. So right. hopefully Florida's trending on a linear kind of like progression towards a more solid team. We still have depth issues, but a, a team that's built that's bought into the message. It's you know um, building off a good game, a loss, but a good game versus Tennessee. So we'll know a lot more. Just like we say every week with pretty much every game, we'll know a lot more on Saturday. But um, as far as the other games in the SEC. Georgia, Missouri, man. What the heck? Yeah. I kept texting y'all like, no, nah. it wasn't that I wasn't necessarily sure that I was thinking this. I was just like, surely they're about to blow the doors off this thing. Like, okay, wake up, score 50, go home. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. No, they did not. They, they barely didn't. got out of that game with a win. 
you know, I was telling y'all that fourth down, fourth and goal from the two, and that was a false start, and they they Georgia ended up scoring a touchdown on that was a big deal. Yeah. Turns out fourth and two, false start, no no calls are big deals. Or fourth yeah. and goals or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what to think of it though. You know, is it just like well, you know, you fall asleep sometimes in the SEC team. They're all essentially capable. Or is it like, you know, oh, they may be human. I mean, because you know Missouri's bad. They're bad. I mean, they are bad. They're they not play, I mean, of course, you're, their defense. Now, I will say their defense looked yeah looked good. I mean, their defense was – I That was what I was surprised I kept saying about. that and when we were texting. I was like, man, this defense is playing hard. And I mean, they had some dudes on defense. I was talking to – I was watching the game in uh, Birmingham with my brother-in-law who played Division One college football. And I was like, these – I mean, this just speaks to the SEC that like this defense has some dudes on it, and mm-hmm. they're and they're you know, and it's Missouri. They they're not good. They get blown out by a lot of you know, or at least let's just say recently, last year and this year, they have not been good, and maybe even a little longer than that. But there was a time there when they they were they were yeah pretty decent. But anyway, the team that they are putting on the field right now. Shouldn't have been competitive with Georgia. No, no, it shouldn't even have been close. But it was. What was what was surprising was the fact that Georgia's offense didn't get anything going. Um, you know, just twenty cents, twenty six points versus Missouri. I would have bet a lot that that they were going to come away with way more than that. As far as yardage, I'm trying to look. There was up the a yardage. there was a play in that game um, that Missouri broke a long run and got it all the way down to. I think it was on the one yard line, maybe the two yard line, if I'm remembering right. And then they had yeah. a false start, yeah, and they ended up only getting three out of that. Yeah, and turns I think out that that's was, a, it's a four. It was a four point game. Yeah, and that was the difference in it. And it, it almost felt like they, they need to put it in right here. Yeah, they they, they need to score touchdowns because yeah. Georgia's going to make a move, and they did. Georgia, and with the Kirby kind of mentioned that at the end in the in the post game interview, he said, "You know, is this?" He goes, "Look." It's the SEC. Yeah. It's hard to win here. Yeah. And, and you can't take anything for granted, which, he, I mean, he's right. But come on, Kirby. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can see – I can definitely see both sides of that. It is the SEC, but we're talking about Georgia on like an elite, elite level. Yeah. But that also – I mean, they've got that target on their back. They now. do. You, everybody's going to get up for them. Yeah. Yeah. Get everybody's best I, I feel shot. like every year – Georgia has a game. In the past, they've lost that game, though, like when they – Yeah, they lost to South Carolina that one year. Yeah, and I mean, so to if this is their game and they still were able to get out with a win, then, I mean, it it is what it is. You got a W on the road in the the SEC, but, yeah, they looked – it it was rough. Four for 13 on on third down. Their yardage was actually good. They almost – they were basically 481 to 300 on the yardage side. And Bennett threw for 312 yards. Yeah. No touchdowns, yards. no picks. Yeah. But You know, I don't think we'd be making as much of a big – trying to tie this into just like the overall landscape of the SEC right now. I don't think we'd be making as big a deal of this game if it wasn't for the fact they looked a little less than impressive versus Kent State too. Mm-hmm. I know that they ended up – you know, it wasn't a close game per se, but – you know, when we're looking at Georgia, they're favored by 30 points versus Auburn. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's we grade them on a different scale than everybody else. And when you only beat, uh, was it 39-22 to Kent State? Eh, and know. that and it was that that they didn't pull away in that game until third yeah. until yeah. third quarter. And I remember on the pregame show, one of the pregame shows anyway, one of the announcers was saying was saying. Well, that's the worst thing that could have happened for Auburn. For well, no, well, no, he was talking oh, about Missouri. Missouri. This okay. was going into the Missouri okay. game. He said, you know, them playing too close with Kent State for you know three quarters of the game is the worst thing that could have happened for Missouri because they're going to be ready to go. They're not going to be overlooking them. Yeah. Well, didn't turn out that way. I guess so. you. Yeah, and what I thought you were going to say is like the worst case scenario for Auburn, but same thing, same yeah. concept, but, but yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, going down to the other games, you have the Alabama Arkansas game. The most significant thing to come out of that clearly was the Bryce Young injury. Um, Mm. that's that like 
changes the landscape of not just SEC but the entire national yeah. picture if he's hurt. And honestly, like I'm no shoulder genius, but like you know, he went down and then he really didn't make that big a deal out of it. He didn't make a big deal out of it until he tried to throw that next play. And then his arm he walked out with his arm hanging. Yeah. Which, and he was th- you you can gauge kids I mean, even like when we used to get injured, you kinda know a little bit. And I used to always like not that I played on his level, but like the if I knew it was bad, like you like you get frustrated really bad. Yeah. So, and he was. And he was frustrated. He was throwing his helmet. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I think that's not a good sign. Right. That's that was my thoughts. So yeah. He he knows it's not good. Yeah. But then, I mean, it, it's only at this point a, a strain or a yeah. They're not even rolled him out for Saturday. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I I wasn't overly impressed with the. I was overly impressed with his running skills, but the the quarterback that came in, um, I can't even remember what his name was, but uh, I heard fast. I've heard a lot of things about how you, you'll get to know him real quick. So, um, he was impressive with his legs, but I mean, they they did look. Jalen Milrow. Yeah. Um. So I got a little when I saw him come in. I get I get like when I see six four two thirty. I'm like, oh, he's great. Yeah. Hasn't even just seen him throw a ball yet. He just looks like LeBron in cleats. So I'm like, he's <laughs> yeah. got to be good. He's good running. Yeah. Um. He's got some now. Granted, this is his first game. You know, he's got a lot, but like, it was a high recruit from what I understand. So, um. I think he's going to get better, but even say even they they mentioned that Saban said that their offense shifts back to a little bit. I think of them very similarly to when they had Jalen Hurts and Tua. Like they had two different offensive packages for two different type quarterbacks, and that's kind of how he alluded to that with Milrow and Bryce Young. So the dude ran really well, but when you look at them in the second half, like they had. Really, a couple really long runs for touchdowns. Three, like, yeah, okay, three. <laughs> but did all three of them score? Two touch, yeah, two running back and one. Him. Okay, um, you know, sixty plus yarders, three of them. That's yeah. good, but I'm a little. I, I would just, I don't know. I don't think anybody's under the impression that this kid's going to come in and be better than Bryce Young. But it would, it would, uh, you know, I'd like, I would have liked to see him like move the offense consistently a lot, you know, like to show that. It that, was just three burst possible. plays. Yeah. I mean, it was just bad run defense because yeah. Arkansas, when I, when Which I switched back. characteristic for them. I know. I switched back to the game, uh, to that Arkansas game, and it was 23 to 28, or 23, 28. It was a five-point game. I was like, yeah. oh, we got a game. Yeah. Not 30 seconds later is when the quarterback broke that run. Yeah. And then the next possession, a running back, and then like maybe two possessions after that, another running back, like all just busted plays. It's it's kind of the same old Alabama story. If you, I mean, even though Bryce Young went out, it's almost like they, because of their depth and because of how many dudes they have on their squad, it's like that middle of the third quarter to fourth quarter. It always seems like they mm-hmm. just got more in the tank, and they and they break those big plays yeah. towards the end. And it in a ball game that looks like. At the end of the day, when you read it, I mean it's twenty something points or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but it was not a it was not a twenty four point ball game yeah. the whole no. time until it just until what, they just weigh on you, man. At what the was, end of the day, yeah, no, I agree. What was weird is it was twenty eight. I guess it was twenty eight to nothing or twenty. At one point, it was yeah. wasn't twenty eight nothing. But well, it was a lot. Um, let's see, box score. box score. No, the box score is not. Recap maybe? No. So, yeah, that, I mean they were it Alabama was, was up twenty eight to seven. Twenty eight to seven at one yeah. point. Okay. And then Arkansas scored they came sixteen back. unanswered yeah. in the third. What I think a lot of times you see I have a, a little bit of a theory when it comes to like how games usually progress. Some coaches are really good at game planning. Some coaches are really good at at in game adjustments. And some the elite coaches are good at both. And so when you have Saban, I clearly he's good at at game planning. Clearly he's good at in-game adjustments, but that's, in my opinion, you kind of see that play out um, in some of these games. If your coach is just really good at game planning, your first 15 scripted plays are Mm. boom, 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 really good, and then it just falls flat. And then third quarter comes around and you just can't get anything going because you're you're not, your in-game adjustments aren't as 
aren't as effective as maybe the other teams are. But mm-hmm. I think when with Saban, clearly, I mean, to me, he's the greatest coach of all time. Um, he he's going to adjust correctly throughout the game. Doesn't mean he's going to win every game, but like. If you can't adjust in the game based on what's happening on the field, mm-hmm. then you will get left behind. Not only because of his in-game adjustment, but because of his depth as well, or because Alabama's depth too. Yeah. You know, they got five well, stars sitting the bench, and and he's able to do stuff defensively as yeah. far as bringing in blitz packages where he can trust those corners to play man on man islands. To man. Yeah, he can do that where a lot of people can't do that. Now that's no, that's not taking anything from his coaching. Yeah, because he had to get those dudes there. Yeah. For sure. So that's all, you know, that that's all a part of what makes him such a great coach. But mm-hmm. I mean, he does have the advantage of having um NFL corners most of the time out yeah. there that he can, can kind of single out. There's a reason he puts such a high priority on those corners that he can trust by themselves because that kind of unlocks what you can do defensively. Right. When you trust your guys on the outside and saying I don't have to have extra guys out there. I trust these guys, it just kind of frees you up a little bit. So how about Mississippi State stomping a mud hole in Texas A&M? Boy, Texas A&M is a – They're in trouble. Is in trouble. They're on their third-string quarterback, too. Yeah. I don't know what – I think it's going to get worse for Texas A&M because they're going to have to play Bama. That's yeah. what happens I when know. you have the crowd. The yeah. <laughs> Dude, somebody looked up uh, <laughs> their midnight thing from Tennessee a couple years ago. It's. I think it may be the worst, and that's saying something. That's saying a lot, actually. Yeah. It's not the worst as far as like cringy, like weird. It's the worst as like they're talk. They're just basically bragging about how Smokey, the real Smokey mascot, died. Okay. It was strange to say the least. And yeah. so I feel like if you start doing that stuff, you put yourself out for all the criticism that comes along with it. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah, Texas A&M's in trouble. I think they're going to be even more trouble after this weekend. Um, so let's touch on that. Okay. Wait, At what we, point is he on the hot seat when he's when his buyout is ninety million dollars? Well, you listen to Feinbaum and he's like, "Oh, ninety mil for the Texas oil guys." You know, they'll just they'll find that in their couch. I don't think I believe. I don't that. either. No, no one's a billionaire because they're like they just want to throw away money. They yeah. have to really think that that's worth it. To lose that much money. Maybe I don't really have the true concept of how much money those people have. But $90 million, even if you get 10 dudes together, I mean, it's it's a lot of money just to fork out that. And it's not like you're investing 90 mil in like Tesla or something. You know that you're going to get a return on. Like you don't even know. There's no, who are you? Okay, so let's say they did fire him. Let's say some dude just was like, hey, here's a $90 million check for the buyout. Go get so and so. Who is it? Uh, is it Urban? I mean, <laughs> golly. Uh, well, here's the thing Urban Meyer clearly is not an NFL coach, but, and it clearly is not, you know, <laughs> a good human. A, uh, he hasn't represented that side of things in a way that a lot of programs would want. However, there is no doubt in my mind he would still be an elite college coach. There's no Z- doubt in my zero. mind. That- I would if he if they hired him at Tennessee, I could look past that. Dude, he, I listen to Michael Jackson music all the time. <laughs> There's <I> zero <laughs> that, like to me. That's not even the, like if you want to say I don't want him as my coach because of this. Fine, fair. That's totally fine. But there's no argument that he wouldn't be an elite coach to me at least. Right. There's some things that he, I mean, given it, the first he gets zero strikes at wherever zero. he goes. Yeah. But you the know, contract should reflect right. all of that. Right. He's going to have to clean up. Everybody but, knows I that mean, he's, he's so valuable. He's yeah. not a decent human being, right. but he's just yeah. a really good football coach. But I feel like we've, dude, Bobby Petrino's got a job. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I we, think we're able to look past some things. It's almost like if you're really good, it actually hurts. Like that part of your reputation hurts you even more because, like, if you're yeah. not that good, we're like, oh yeah, hire him. Who cares? But since Urban would have such a big spotlight on him. I yeah. think that actually causes even more hesitancy. Yeah. But Bobby Petrino, I mean, listen, it's there's the the it runs deep. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody, but it it run, and that doesn't mean you should you know throw it under the rug. I'm just saying he ain't the only one. No, he's not. He's. he's I mean, shoot. Not. Uh, I, I forget how to say his name, but the Celtics coach yeah. lately. Oh, like, yeah. That's a that's a problem. It was an assistant of Brad Stevens. He was your boss, like your boss's assistant. Hmm. What? 
Mm. That was wild. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so that kind of stuff is 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 rampant. Yeah, I think, people is what get I'm into saying. that position, and it, I mean, when you're catered to and everybody treats you like a king, powerful, you just lose. I think you lose track of some morals sometimes. Yep. But. yep. Um, we'll make mistakes, I guess. Yeah, Texas A&M got blown. That's a long way of saying they got their doors blown off. And then LSU barely beat Auburn in what I thought was a waste of three and a half hours to watch. <laughs> yeah. Now, not seriously, but it wasn't great. You know, I don't think it was entertaining. Though. It was it, in a weird way. It was entertaining, like like a way like a was, Mac game would be entertaining. Well, like, but it was like it was like a no comedy scoring. of errors. Yeah. It was just like surely this can't keep. I mean, both teams just would. They would put together like a pretty good drive and then turn it over. Yeah, every time it was just like they I think was the score twenty one. I know Auburn had 17. seventeen. Auburn had seventeen with eight minutes left in the second quarter and didn't score again. Yeah, they had seven and ten and then zero and zero. So they didn't score for thirty eight minutes. Only zero no points one scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, there was that, only that, one touchdown that, the whole second half. They would just drive back and forth and then turn it over. So it was wild. So who's Auburn looking for? <laughs> I mean, Urban, they, they, yeah, yeah. I've I heard Kiffin several times. I've heard job. Kiffin, yeah, I've heard Kiffin too. Which, shoot, I don't know that he has any. Why, why leave Ole Miss? To I don't go know to Auburn that that's at this not point. A lateral move at this point. Uh, I think it's. A, I think. It's I, a yeah, move. I mean, Auburn's a better program. I don't know. There's history with both of them. Well, look at it this way. You're either way in the SEC West. You got to go through Bama. Here's the thing, though. It's easier for you to get the firepower mm-hmm. at Auburn than it is Ole Miss. I just think that's just the I way it's going to be. It's I not think. a big difference, but it's a difference. It's an easier recruit, I yeah. think, for sure, yeah. If you're going to have to if you're going to have to clash with Bama every year, you want every even if the differences in program right now isn't that big, you want you want every possible way to bridge that gap. I mean, he's in the same division as them right now, but yeah. he's not in the same state as Saban. Recruiting. I but think here's the difference. How long is Saban going to be there? Nah, not that and the expectation of yeah. Auburn is yeah. much greater oh, than yeah. it is of Ole Miss. I yeah. would agree with that, too. That's fair. So, but these guys know that. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, he does. And But you're if I'm Lane Kiffin, I'm kind of looking at it two ways. It's not that much better of a job, and yeah. I've already got this started. Yeah. I've already got something going here. I'm well liked. Yeah. I feel like it would have to be a pretty substantial yeah. sum of money. Difference. They're gonna pay you more. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it would. They would need to. And let's because he knows that his leash is much longer at Ole Miss than yeah. it would be at Auburn. The biggest factor that we're not even talking about though is which one gets. Lane Kiffin more media time is probably <laughs> him taking another job at Auburn. Yeah. So yeah. just for the flash, he would probably do it just to get yeah. just to be back in the spotlight. Yeah, I mean that's would obviously know that's his personality. So um, I would I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if he made that move. I don't think either of the I don't want to I we're we need to get into the, mm-hmm. the previous or the upcoming week stuff, but we had texted about this. Neither Ole Miss or Kentucky really looked fantastic. I think that's a, it was a big win for Ole Miss, don't get me wrong. Kentucky kind of fumbled the bag there at the end a couple times. Um, here's what I don't like. I, this is what I said about that game. I think Will Levis is good. I think everybody in the country thought he was good. And then one game happens, and they're like, all you see on Twitter, which I got to stop. That's really all you use. I only use Twitter for sports news, but then – they keep showing me these. It's like Twitter shows me the dumbest possible football opinions ever, and I don't follow these people. And so I'm like, I don't. All I saw Saturday was like, oh, you know, Will Levis is a buzz. Who says he's supposed to be a first round pick? Like he's terrible. Like I'm like, what are we? What are we doing this when the guy kid has one bad game? And they're like, oh well, look at all those dummies who thought he was good. Well, come on now. Like, I still think he's a good quarterback. He's going to go in the first round, clearly. I don't know if he's going to go the first pick, but he's going to need more than just one bad game for me to think he's not NFL worthy. Now, is he, you know, is he Peyton Manning? No, but I think he's good. I think he's good, too. I mean, I look at it as kind of like AR. When AR's on, you know he's an NFL dude. He he may have a bad game here and there, yeah. but you can't just say he's just lost all draft stock after yeah. one game. No. Well, there, well, there's guys saying they think he's a number one overall yeah. pick. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, he probably lost that draft status, but well, it just depends though, because like, what if he he comes what if he back goes and plays and, a great game yeah, versus yeah. Georgia or something? Then they're like, "See, I told you, everybody knew he was good." Well, I think he's. I just think we get too high and we get too low. Yeah. Just be a little mature about it and be like, "Hey, let's not bash him because he has one bad game." I, I think it, this is stemming from AR stuff when he yeah. when he has a couple good games and they're like, "Man, he's going to be the greatest." Man, yeah, quarterback of all time. Then he has one bad game. You're like, man, we need to bench him. That's the yeah. That's Monday morning yeah. quarterback stuff. But I mean, you hear the same stuff about Josh Allen two weeks ago making yeah. a bad throw. Like he's he's not. Yeah. All and I'm like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> Dude, someone said someone on ESPN who's getting paid for this opinion. I forget who it was. I don't even. I really do forget who it was, but they were like, um. Daniel Jones is basically, or Josh Allen is basically Daniel Jones with better offensive line and weapons. So I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) What? What are we doing? Like, this is, ah, man. Anything for a take, you know, like anything to get Mm -hmm. your take as a headline, I guess. But anyway, all that to say, I think Will Evans is good. He didn't play all that great. He was 18 for 24 for 220. I mean, Kentucky had some issues but weren't all him that was also a fun uh, fun game or yeah. exciting game to yeah, watch it, anyway. it was it was um all right this coming week um dude it's a good slate it is a good slate. it's there's no games that are like clash of the titans but there's games every single one of them is like and and granted we're only in week six so it's we're still in like the unraveling of to get to see what teams you know what teams really are. So there's still that like, you know, unknown of still figuring. Do we, you're still figuring it out. Yeah. So, um, there's a little bit of that, but just going down, I'll leave our two teams for the last, but Texas A&M, Bama, um, Bama's favored by 24. You know, Texas A&M is one of those teams. It's hard for me to just assume that they're going to lose by 30 because of how much talent they have on the field. But then when they do lose by 30, you're like, well, they haven't shown you that they're any type of good whatsoever. Yeah. So I think a lot hinges on Bryce Young, clearly. Yeah, a lot of it. But, I mean, it's it's like you said, they've got so many dudes on that team now at Texas A&M. But we're also, I mean, now given they've had great recruiting classes every year, but their biggest, you know, the greatest class of all time is this is just their first year in mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those, like the kid at Powell or freshman, who know, you know. How many of them are actually playing? I how, know Nolan's not Yeah. Playing. I mean, how many of those number ones are, are ready? Yeah. You know, even they're, they're you know, five stars, it's it's still a big jump. But I, I think the counter, how, counter how argument is, yeah, that recruiting class was like the best of all time or whatever, but he's had top fives yeah. for a couple of years. Oh, I agree. Yeah, well, I the mean, problem, a big problem. They they've got a quarterback issue. Yeah, like, well, you yeah, exactly. They missed on that quarterback, and when you miss on a quarterback, you that, that has repercussions. Yeah, I mean, it's, it don't matter how good your skill position players are if they can't get the ball in their hands. Losing, uh, not a chain. A chain's playing, but their that receiver I forget his name was big because those two dudes are studs. But to your point, like you just. If you miss on a quarterback, it does set you back. There, it's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not a uh, a miss that has no repercussions. It does. I going back to Jimbo too. Like when I think about Jimbo winning, I think of I think you know one player, Jameis. Is Jameis? I mean, that's it's almost like how much of piggybacking did Jimbo really do off of one great player? I was going to bring that point up. I forget who mentioned this. Yeah, I uh, saw the article. That but they his, said if it wasn't for him, he'd oh, be, he wouldn't even be a head coach. If his I, off, I don't know that he his, would. If you break down his offensive statistical production per year throughout his career, it's average at best until the Jameis years. Yeah. And the Jameis years are like, they it kind of – brings the curve up a lot because of you had a generational player. You take him out, and let's be honest, he may have should have been taken out a couple of times as his time at Florida State. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not good. No. I, that's, and I it's mean, the same it, offense. It makes you really think, like, 
who who signed off on the amount of money that Jimbo Fisher got at Texas A and M, and now they've got to be kicking themselves because I don't even think that Florida State was that upset when when they stole him. <laughs> oh no, he had let things unravel big time. There. I mean, it, I mean, the they time, ne- they it, didn't they didn't bounce back quick by any stretch, and they still haven't. But I don't think that was. I think a lot of that, if you ask Florida State fans, he the unraveling. Doing? Yes, yeah. the unraveling that he allowed to happen was. And it's, I mean, the, the amount of money that they paid for a coach that really had, I mean, like I said, it's easy enough for us to look at it and say, well, he really wasn't that great other than yeah, Jameis. Yeah. If I'm going to invest that kind of money, I I don't know. But I guess at the time when he was hired, you go look at coaches, and the one thing that's on his resume is a national championship. Yeah. And there's only, what, five guys out there that have that, and one of them's Nick Saban with 15. Yeah. Well, i tell you this much. College football is a weird game in that – I mean, I'm not. Maybe, maybe you could say this for some other sports, but specifically for college football, you can make, you can change the trajectory of a grown man's coaching career from one player. Mm-hmm. Like one player is good enough. If depending on what player it is, and most of the time it's always a quarterback. He can change everything. Like you yeah. know, think of. Johnny what Cam Manziel. Newton did. Cam, Cam, uh, yeah, Johnny Manziel, Tebow. Um, because yeah. Urban went to Ohio State, won a national championship, but it's from, yeah, I'm not saying necessarily that Tebow made Urban Meyer by any stretch, but I'm just saying those top players are the ones that can yeah. just change everything. That's it's basically what you have to have to have a shot at winning a national championship and competing with Alabama. Yeah, it's really been it. I mean, mm-hmm. we've looked back at it before. It's Cam Newton beats them. Tebow. Johnny Manziel, Tebow. Those kind of players are what you have to have. Jared Stidham. Yeah, Hinn and <laughs> Hooker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but we've talked about, like, to to step, make that step forward, Yeah, you, you, you about have to have that mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. Yep. Other than Georgia, they just kind of went with the, the band. <laughs> but, but they also they had probably the best defense I've ever seen assembled yeah. on a football field yeah. that's not professional. Right. Even then, pretty high. Um, yeah, so let me just bang these out real quick. Kentucky, South Carolina, that should be – surely South Carolina can get back on track – or uh, Kentucky can get back on track in that game. Um, Ole Miss, Vandy, yep, not, <laughs> not anything significant there. Um, Ole Miss is up to ninth, so top ten for – Lane and Ole Miss. Now, granted, their strength of schedule has been Nothing. pathetic. Yeah, yeah. And they got Kentucky at home. But listen, you can all you can only play who you play. So has there been an SEC shorts out this week? Yeah, it's has about it? uh, Georgia. I haven't watched it, but I saw like a little preview thing. I think it was about Georgia almost losing. Okay, I was Can't hoping remember. they'd have another top ten party uh, situation <laughs> in there. See Kentucky leaving. Um, Georgia, Auburn. You know, on paper, that sounds like, oh, that could be interesting. It's not, I don't think. I mean, unless we have another Missouri-Georgia situation. This one's at Georgia, though. But I mean, this, Missouri, and jo- Missouri and Auburn are fairly similar very based on si- the way they play. I think, yeah. It's, you, you should be able to tell something with can, or with uh, Georgia this week on whether they're, they are Are something. they just trying they're to sleepwalk? Or, yeah. or they just had a hiccup there? Yeah. Um, Arkansas-Mississippi State. I actually think that would be a good game. I I think Arkansas showed some real fight versus Alabama, mm-hmm. but did you tell me that KJ Jefferson? That's a, I, no, Jim did, and I was just gonna say that's only if KJ Jefferson plays. Yeah, yeah. If he plays, then I see that being a pretty good game. You know, Mississippi State is one to keep an eye on too. Mm-hmm. I know they lost to LSU, but and everyone was kind of surprised there. But now we're seeing that LSU, you know, isn't it's not an embarrassing loss by any, in my opinion at least. Um. So, and Mississippi State could be a. How strong is the SEC coaching that I forget about Mike Leach? Yeah. I mean, really, you yeah. almost forget that he's in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he's always a fun one too. Yeah. His press conferences are great. Um, and then our two teams, so Florida and Missouri. I don't love this game just because. For some reason, Missouri's just had a weird way of playing Florida in the past. Um, of course, last year they beat Florida, but that I'm not even counting that. Um, <laughs> we won't talk about enough. we won't talk about last year. <laughs> I get to I get to only count the games that I want to count. So we're actually two and zero this year. So um, I don't know. I I think Florida Florida's favored eleven. Um, 
you know, I'd like to think we're going to see an improve a, a Florida team that's getting better. Um, I think, you know, like I said, I I I think we should win by ten or fourteen points. A lot of it depends on number fifteen. A lot of it depends on him. Um, he's shown last couple games that he may be getting some of his confidence back. And if if that's the case, if that continues, then I like I like Florida Sanchez. Yeah. Had I not seen that what Missouri did this week, yeah, I would have said I think this line would probably be like a twenty twenty yeah. twenty one somewhere in there. Yeah. But I think maybe they just their defense played them into a a better I, line. I, I think Florida rolls this one. I get a little bit worried. Just, where is it at? At Florida. Okay. It's a noon game. I get a little bit worried about that defense, though. Like, I feel like the past couple of years, watching watching Florida play defense and cheering for Florida is kind of like being, I don't know, it's it's a very helpless feeling. It's like you're being strapped down and tickled to death. Like, I, I hate. I still go back to Florida, though, and look at what they've played this year. It's not been an easy road, and they've played some pretty yeah. powerful offenses, too. It, and if you watch that Georgia game, Missouri's offense was yeah. gross. They got a good freshman. I They've forget got, that gets name. Their defense was good, but their offense was not good. So at least your weakness is their weakness. Yeah. You know, their off you know, your defense is the weakness, their offense is the weakness. So hopefully it kinda evens out there. Um so yeah, I think we're decently healthy. I've not heard of any um many guys that will be missing, but um, yeah, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see things keep trending upwards for Florida. If they don't, um, it's not the end of the world. Still, just first few games of the se- I mean, what game six of the season we played five so far. Oh, wait, yeah, that's right. We've only played four because we had bye. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I think I'm um, I'm excited to watch it. It's one of those twelve o'clock games to where like so many twelve o'clock. If games. it goes well, you're like okay. My team won, you know, watch the rest of Saturday college football. But if your team loses, you're like, screw it. I'm watching Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Or something different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, all right, Tennessee, LSU. Speak LSU. for yourself, nerd. <laughs> Tennessee. Right. Tennessee favored by three. Yes. I told y'all, I, I, I haven't put money or bet – in DraftKings in months, and I was like, I had to make a deposit for this game <laughs> so that you could bet on this game. Because I'm like, what? Am I missing something here? Like, wh- I feel like a joke's being played on me or something. Like, did three points. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, ten. I mean, LSU and the stats, not not the sports books, but the stats say that LSU has a better chance, oh, 58% chance to win. Yeah, the prediction matchup by ESPN has got LSU 58% chance of winning. That's why I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't get it. I, what am I missing? I don't. I don't really understand it either. Like, even f- trying to pull myself back from my fandom perspective, just watching the two teams with your eyeballs, it just says, I mean, the eyeball test to me says that, uh, I mean, not that LSU is a bad team, but they just they haven't done anything impressive. I mean, they beat Mississippi State, but it was a close. I mean, it wasn't like it was blowout. a blowout or anything like that. And 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 the eyeball test for Tennessee to me says you you've got a really solid offense and a and a pretty bad defense, but good enough. But LSU's offense hasn't been impressive at all. So that's you know, I mean. Tennessee's defense can can make a man look like a Heisman candidate, but thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> but it, I mean, but their offense scores on everybody so far. So I could, this is another reason why it doesn't make sense because sometimes you can get a feel for it, what Vegas thinks about a team. You feel like, man, they're ranked fifteenth and they're a four point underdog to an unranked team at home or something, stuff like that. You know. Mm-hmm. That's we're we're looking at back to back games with Tennessee that they were a lot of people thought they were over favored versus Florida, and then they completely flipped it in the other direction and under favored them versus LSU. Who's you know if I try to take my Homer I, kind of viewpoint out of the picture, I don't think LSU and Florida. I think Florida's a little bit better, but I think they're you know fairly 
similar, I'd say. But I, they yeah. were a double-digit favorite to Florida in the three I mean, point. if LSU and Florida were playing, I would think Florida would win that game. But. I'd like to think so, but I also will see. I I mean, I see that three, and I'm with you. I'm thinking, why is Tennessee not favored by a lot more? But then, trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a 12 o'clock game. It's at LSU. Which is 11. They've got, yeah. They've got athletes all over the place. Boutte. They've got a good coach. I mean, Boutte's I, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm scared to death of this game only because I want to be five and zero going into Alabama so much, mm. so bad. But I, I don't know. This game scares me. Is Alabama home? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's at home. Man, I there will not be a crazier atmosphere if Tennessee's five and zero going five into that. Going into that, and It'll if be, Bryce Young was to somehow not be. Yeah, there's. I've heard tickets going for, you know, like. Eight hundred dollars. I'm making my announcement here. I've got some tickets in the terrace. <laughs> uh, I'll give my email address and my PayPal. Yeah, <laughs> highest bidder wins. I'd say they're going. What did the Aaron Judge ball get? I can start at that number. Uh, two mil. Two million. Two mil. You know that guy's not selling it. Oh, really? He's a venture capitalist, and he's like, "What do I need two mil for?" Are he's, you serious? He's a, he's a he's a dude. Apparently. Good lord. Yeah, he's like, I'm putting it on my, on my office desk. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay, how do you say you're a baller without saying you're a baller? Oh, you get a, something worth $2 million, you say you're not selling it, and you'll put it on your desk. More importantly, why is that dude the guy that catches the ball? I know. Yeah. Like, why know. can't some dude that needs it catch the ball? Yeah, exactly. Why can't the dude that f- threw his body off of the side <laughs> of the wall? <laughs> and what's funny is, like, when you're watching the replay, you're just like, it just looks like a Somebody body falling just from the falling sky. from yeah. the sky. Like <laughs> that dude short on his rent, the other yeah. dude on his yacht with his baseball now. <laughs> yeah, and he he's the one who gets it. Like he falls way before it, or you know, yeah, it before it gets there, just hoping that it hit the wall and he'd be down there. Another funny thought is and popped in my head: Why a, a venture capitalist that's got that much money? Is wearing his glove to a baseball game because well, that guy caught it, it in the glove. Well, it's no, where wait he, a second. he what? knew what game he was going That's to. True, I think. I mean, still. he's probably not going to like a you know an August baseball game wearing his glove. He probably <laughs> was like, "I'm going here and sitting this here guy, on purpose." This guy's not going to sell well, his ball. I mean, in in reality, that dude probably picked those seats because oh, got on purpose. Money it's all for, purpose. Yeah, no one. Ex- there's a chance, and then he brought his glove. Yeah. I mean, he's over there bullying people out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, I don't know why what got us. Started I don't either. The two men, we were talking about money. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> oh yeah, money. Oh yeah, because uh, I'm gonna put some money tickets. on tennis. Yeah. Tickets. Oh yeah, tickets. 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 tickets for the Alabama game if they're five and zero. Which yeah. I don't. Well, let's just talk about that a little bit. So, I chances are they will be five and zero. Alabama. Well. And Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, yeah Alabama would be six. And Chances zero. definitely right. are that Alabama will be. So, you know, yeah. I, I I think most Tennessee fans, I think y'all are a little bit more hesitant than the ones I see come across my Twitter feed. <laughs> Those guys are drinking like orange moonshine and <laughs> getting on Twitter and like, how can you think that or that Hendon Hooker is not the obvious Heisman winner? And I'm like, yeah. well, maybe he is, but. They also, in that same tweet, it was like, and then next year when Milton starts, he's going to be the Heisman winner. Yeah. And I'm like, you had me until the Milton thing. That and um, we're, we've played five games, pal. Like yeah, we, there's a lot that can happen between now and then. I think the Heisman talks a little early, but I do think he's a, He's good. The, he, I mean, oh gosh, he's, I, right now he should be leading it. Well, that's not what the crazy take was to me. It was that continued with, and Milton will be too next year. I think Tennessee's yeah. fan base is like the most like to it speaks to how resilient they are. Like it's it's essentially been kind of beaten down for a few years here. And you would think, you know, in some programs that would kind of lower, you know, just kind of lower the ceiling of the fan base hype, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey man, it's been so long since we've been good. I know we're 10 and 0, but, you know, we see it crashing down. No. It's been a long time since they've been good. They're four and zero with a win over Florida, and I'm telling you, it's as high. It's like the past fifteen years haven't been bad. It's like they've been good. Like yeah. that's that's you can't say that for a lot of other fan bases. Like they're packing out stadiums. Like I don't I don't think you can say that for 
they've got in they've made the ticket prices just bananas too. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Housing market's going crazy. <laughs> everybody wants to move here all the yeah, same. Yeah, everybody wants to move here because Hobble's got them four and oh. <laughs> hey, my house is for sale too. Wait, I mean, he's really done something for this community. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. Tony V. I mean, Tony White, V. Him bringing White. him just. Everybody's naming their kids. Rick Barnes. Apple. Yeah. Bar- Rick Barnes. Barnes. I mean, shoot. Uh, even uh, Lane Kiffin. Lane Little Kiffin. son's name's Knox. I know. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I think uh, the Morales High. Should get another W God, versus that, LSU. Yeah, they we'll caught see. a break. They caught a break by the time of the game. I yeah. Think. Oh I yes, that eleven a.m. kickoff as, as opposed to it's, night game. Yeah, I'd much. I don't understand LSU it. I, I mean, I think that's crazy because I think dumb. it would have been a really, you know, a really well like or a high viewed game. Whatever. Wait, put I that sucker on three thirty at least. If not, put it on the seven o'clock. The seven o'clock, like prime time. Now, for Tennessee's sake, I'm glad it's not. But mm-hmm. even then, it shouldn't be an eleven slash twelve o'clock game, dude. It just like, what's the? Uh, that's what I'm kind of wondering. Is like, what's the big match? They they did Auburn. The uh, Auburn and uh, Auburn Georgia's three thirty. Georgia three thirty. So what's the what's the big game at night? Eight o'clock. Texas and Alabama. I mean, that, but that's a C, so the CBS is a double header this weekend. So that eight o'clock is also um, on CBS. Yeah, on CBS. Yeah, that's where I was going. I um, guess that I mean the Texas A and M Alabama is probably. I guess that's probably a bigger draw. I don't know. Yeah, that, that well, sense. I mean, I guess. Yeah, they, I mean it's two bigger programs, but as far as going to be a beat, down. exactly. Then put it on three thirty though. Then put it on three thirty. I mean, yeah. What I don't understand is like. I just thought that that would be a great matchup for a night game that Tennessee LSU. I just oh. I just assume that's what it would be. At least the four o'clock game, the four o'clock SEC yeah. Network's Ole Miss and Vandy. There's seven thirty. Uh, that's South Carolina Kentucky. That's not a good game. The the two, I think the two two of the better games that are at noon that should have been later is not only Tennessee LSU but Arkansas Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I think that's better than the seven thirty and the four. Listen, I don't know how to schedule all this crap. I just know that I think Tennessee and LSU is a should it should get the the ratings would the, be good. Yeah, it should get the because it's going to be a. But maybe that's their thoughts. Throw it at twelve and let's get ratings all day long. Yeah. Is that it's going to draw some people? And my hope is that Tennessee just comes and blows the doors off of them, and everybody's like, "Well, it's a good thing they put this at 12. <laughs> Let's change the station and watch Florida and Missouri battle it out. You know, I sit here and I'm like, "I don't know why they do this. I don't know." But I'm watching football from twelve to twelve, so <laughs> it's know. like I don't know what I'm complaining about. But I just like that nighttime atmosphere. Yeah. But it but is we, in our favor yeah, to not be, to not have that. We got two. We got two people from our office going to the game, yeah. uh, and they, even they were. You know, it's one of those bucket list things where, like, I want to be see a Death Valley game at night. Mm-hmm. One of them's not a Tennessee fan, so like, he was definitely wanting a night game. One of them is a Tennessee fan. I'm pretty sure he's still wanting a night game. <laughs> yeah, um, just so you can kind of soak up the. Well, you don't the get the tailgate, you know, yeah. or I mean, I guess maybe after the game, but yeah, I mean, you're getting up at six a.m. and yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, you got to be a true tailgater <laughs> to really <laughs> that's get right. down there for a, for an eleven a.m. kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Well, I was last. Some of that gumbo. Uh, I guess it was Flo- yeah, Florida game. I stayed at because uh, Cortland was in the hospital, so I stayed there and woke up. You know that was an early game too. And, or what time was that? Well, game? It was three thirty. Three thirty. Yeah. What was the? Yeah, I guess it was that game. But I mean, I was up seven o'clock, and there were people tailgating at seven that yeah. morning. So yeah. I mean, it was it was hype. But you know, if that's a three thirty game, then. You know, the 12 o'clock game, they're probably there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, Real quick, the kind of, we'll wrap it up with this. I think Tennessee fans, I know a lot of Tennessee fans I know, well, not just Tennessee fans, I think college football fans in general don't love Brian Kelly, and so that adds a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee's got the, the preference of a lot of SEC fans right yeah. now because they don't, they want to see Tennessee beat Brian Kelly. Yeah. Make fun of his TikTok dances. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, but Tennessee, but like he's you said, a good coach. Yeah, Tennessee has a um, has a tendency of of being known as the worst fans around. You know, just the Tennessee Twitter and everything else. So I, oh, Tennessee I'd say Twitter's we've made a, a lot of enemies. Yeah, 
I don't think, yeah, every fan base kind of has their little quirks or personalities. And Tennessee's in the same breath. Like, I really do mean it as a compliment to talk about how resilient they are. But kind of the the underbelly of being so resilient is this, like, oh, clearly we're better than everybody. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to win 48 national championships. And, you know, that's kind of the trade-off you make. But it's worth it because as a program, as a company who sells their product, give me that fan base. Give me that fan base. I'll take it 10 days out of 10 as opposed to a fan base that's, like, spoiled or, like, you know, even when they're winning, they're not happy. Like, no, no, I don't want that. Nobody needs a – they don't need a 15th national championship (laughs) cup. They've already got 14. Exactly. Give me the hungry fan base that wants all of their fan gear, drinkware, and merch. That's that's what I That's what I want. That's what. Well, this place is full of people ready to spend money. Yes, it is. (laughs) So speaking of that, we – I don't know what day they announced the the drink or the drinkware the uh, uniforms uniforms. But once I saw that, we are doing like a limited edition uh, smoky. You need to look at it for you, Leafer. Okay. A smoky gray twenty ounce. It's got the Smoky Mountains in the background. Um, it's got the uh, kind of like the helmets. Kind of like the helmet. Yeah, essentially just like the helmets. They'll be. So you can buy it on our on our website now, gametimesidekicks.com. and then they'll also be. Um, at a few of the retailers around around Knoxville before the game. So I guess they'll be at Alumni Dick, Hall, Dick's Dick Sporting, Sporting Goods, Goods Vol Shop. Vol Shop. Um yeah, so we'll be we'll be cranking those out and hopefully limited, delivering limited them to edition. Them. Yeah, limited. Yes. Yeah. Limited. We're not going to do them forever just because I kind of piggyback a little bit off the fact that uh they're an alternate kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if Tennessee wanted to to kind of hammer that design home, they'd wear it all the time, but they wear yeah. it very, very seldomly. So, we'll offer it for a little, little bit time, little bit of time, pull it, and then if they want to wear it again, you know, later in the season or next year, or whatever, we'll offer it again. But it looks super cool. Sweet. If I do say so myself, I do. I want to see that. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Um, Smoky Gray twenty ounce. Check that out on our website. Other than that, just real quick on that, yeah, is LSU about the only team that wears white at home? Well, that's what I was wondering too. Is how did they? Yes, I, I know because they the do. last time Tennessee yeah. won Smoky Gray was at home. Yeah, we normally so wear that. So I was like, well, I guess it makes sense for them to try to do it at LSU because of how they do that. But the, I don't know of any other team that does that. Yeah, but I also don't pay a ton of attention when it comes to that. Either. It seemed like there was somebody else that did that. Maybe it's basketball or something. Maybe it that, is. That yeah. I've seen do that. But anyway. Yeah. All right. We'll be we'll be back next Monday. Appreciate everyone listening in. 